It's gonna be nice. Yeah, you like that one? I do like this my one. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Right? Hello, this is Victoria with both Dream Dogs and Hope Service Dogs. I am you know what? I've been listening to Richard Branson's The Virgin Way. I started listening to it on the drive down to Gainesville today. That's where I am right now. So if it looks different, it's because I'm at Karen's house. And one of the things he said is put your time, put your passion, put your what you want to do into things that matter to you. Basically, I've only got an hour into it. And it's true. And it's what we've done with the service dogs and with the dog training and everything else. We put passion where our heart is which is what you need to do to, to, to do the best, to live the best life. And that for us is dogs. It's dogs, it's dog training, it's, it's these golden retrievers that we have. <clears throat> so we wanted to give you a pup date. Uh, do some of that today, talk to you about good breeders. I talked to, Karen, did I tell you this one? Um, I had to call Apple Tech Support yesterday because I was having a problem with my mail on my computer. And she says to me, do you have any other problems? you know, with, with your MacBook. And I said, actually, yes. When I do a search, mm -hmm. it always comes up as Yahoo. And I've tried switching it back to Google because I don't want Yahoo to be my search engine. Oh, That's exactly what she said. She says, you have malware. Here's how we fix it. So we were on the phone for a while and we were talking. And she's out in Oregon, super nice. And we got it fixed. And then I had another problem and I called up and I talked to a guy and he got it fixed. So hopefully I won't have any more problems with my MacBook. But she told me she's looking to get a service dog for her son. It's not about my apple. It's about the service dog story, right? So she's looking to get a service dog for her preteen, tween, I guess, tween age son. And he has food allergies. Okay. So she's looking at getting, wait for it, a Shiba Inu. And I told her no. I said, don't get a Shiba Inu. She said, but he's a hunting dog. Mm, doesn't matter. And now she also had told me that it's going to cost about $25,000 to, to, I don't know if it's to get and to train up or whatever for this dog to be her service dog, which that's, that's about a year old. That's what I would sell them for is a minimum of $25,000. Absolutely reasonable. Right? Yeah. So, you know, remember that whenever we go to place the one for free through Hope Service Dogs, what it is going to cost. But that's just the training. That's just the training. Yeah. yeah. That's not the cost of the dog and the care of the dog. Yep, all of that work and everything else, yeah. all the tools and equipment. So she, uh, I told her, I said, no, don't get a Shiba Inu. I've, I've had a Shiba mix. I've worked with Shiba Inus. I've, I've trained up. One of them that I trained up was a therapy dog slash service dog. And what I told her is Shiba Inus are not known to be service dogs for a reason. And the reason is they can be very stubborn, very pig-headed. Uh, very independent, and that's not what you're looking for when you're looking for a service dog. But she was adamant because, well, they're from a hunting breed. I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're from a hunting breed. So I don't know who's giving this information Somebody's that you want to get a hunting breed as a service dog for, yes, you, you kind of do. Well, guess what else is a hunting breed? Retrievers. A golden retriever, a Labrador retriever, and a poodle, believe it or not. They're not frou-frou dogs that are circus dogs. They were hunting dogs, Okay. Poodle is puddle in German. They were hunting dogs. They would leap into puddles. Yeah. Even if the puddles were very shallow, they would leap into them. Yeah. And uh, I told her my three, golden, yellow or black lab, poodle. And she, she again, adamant about the Shiba Inu. Please don't. Uh, and 
I said, if, if get a female because she wanted smaller. I said, or look, I have a friend in France, Jérôme Bassonnet, who breeds amazing beagles. And his beagles do a lot of bed bug detection. And that would be perfect for a tween age boy. Um, they would go outside, you know, a boy and his dog. It's a beagle if it's not a lab, yeah. you know? So go for that. <clears throat> well, she didn't get his name or his, his information. So who knows what's going to happen with everything. But I'm hoping that she takes it to heart what I told her, because I'm not telling her to sell her something. I'm not telling her you need to get one of my golden retrievers. Only my golden retrievers are going to be the golden retrievers that you can use for service work, because that's baloney, because other dogs are going to work out too. But there are things that you need to look for, okay? And that, and then I also had where I had uh, a friend of mine from Gainesville here who had reached out to me uh, that she had three dogs. We've trained two dogs together. And two of the dogs have passed away. Uh, they want to bring another dog into the family, and she's looking at a doodle breeder from out of state. So she asked if, if that would be a good choice to make. So I'm going to share with you what I told her as well. And that is, if you're going to look for a doodle, first you have to ask yourself, why do you want a doodle? If it's because of allergies in the family, a doodle will shed. Okay, a doodle will shed. It will. They, a doodle will shed. Yeah, and, and the, what you're trying to avoid by doodling, you could totally avoid by poodling. So get yourself a poodle. Yeah. They are not frou-frou, prissy dogs. You can get them any cut you want. You can keep them in a perpetual puppy cut like Tucker that we have in right now. is in a short cut the whole way around. You know, they don't have to look like frou-frou dogs. I don't know why people are so adamant that they want a doodle instead of a poodle. If it's to combine the best of both, a poodle is just fine on its own. Sometimes whenever you doodle a dog, they turn crazy, you know, and it, yeah. you, you get them nuts. So what I told her was this. If you want to go with a doodle or any breeder, any breeder, <clears throat> I want to make sure the parents are health tested, even if it's just the prelims, because, you know, sometimes that's what you get, especially with COVID going on right now. Ginger still has only her prelims on her elbows and her hips because they were done at 22 months old, you know, instead of 24 months old. Um, she got good hips and she got passing elbows, you know, normal elbows. So, you know, while ideally we would have had her OFAs, we couldn't because COVID, everything's been closed. Uh, but you want those, you want the genetic testing done. So if you're looking at a poodle, a poodle needs, if I'm not mistaken, eyes, hips, and then one of three, you have your choice of SA, which is a skin one, so you have to see a dermat dermatologist, thyroid, or heart, and one of those three. Yeah. Well, OFA exactly, has it. Yeah. Exact or OFA. They both have exactly what needed yep. for each breed. Yep. Yep. You can go to the breed sites. The the Golden Retriever Club of America will show you that Golden Retrievers need hip, elbow, eyes, and heart. Labs need something different. So what you if you want to doodle responsibly, what you do is you genetic test both dogs, both parents. You get all the health tests done for that breed. Whenever the puppies are born, you do the, uh, what are we doing? Puppy culture. Puppy culture. Or, or Avidog, which is one that we're going to look into getting, and we're going to get it, and we're going to go through it. But we wanted to do a litter on puppy culture first, just to see what the difference is. Yep. Uh, so you want to do one of those. You want the early neurological stimulation. You want the early socialization. We actually just had two puppy cuddlers come, and, and they were here with us for about a half hour, 45 minutes. You want to do early scent introduction if you can. 
You know, these things aren't. Yeah, yeah, these things aren't difficult. You know, yeah, yeah, once they're eight weeks old. So, eight weeks old, I think around five weeks old. Five weeks old is the first spike of a fear period. Eight weeks old, which is when most puppies go home, eight weeks old is a big fear period, about eight to nine weeks old. So, you've got to understand that and you've got to, to say, well, what can I do beforehand? And what is a fear period? A fear period is, is where the dog's going to startle more. Whereas if the dog's not introduced to things correctly, it could cause fear for life. Yeah. Uh, whereas right now, at the age at four weeks old that these guys are right now, they can be introduced to things and it doesn't matter. They don't right. care. And that's what a fear period is. is it's, just, it's a stronger chance of causing fear if you introduce them to something unknown. So when dogs go through fear periods, if we know it, we just try to ease back a little bit so the dog doesn't have a big startle and no recovery that will help them through it. If they do startle and they need that recovery, yeah. uh, we're actually talking um, I'll be right back. Okay, about uh, to Universal because our Disney, we're blacked out now through the end of July, beginning of August uh, because we're silver and we're not upgrading. That's why we have Universal. So we're talking, I just sent an email to Universal to ask how early we can bring the service dogs in training in. Uh, because we have an opening when they're six weeks old. And if we could bring a few of them that we're thinking of in a stroller where nobody can touch them or sneeze on them at six weeks old, that would be pretty cool. Don't know if we'll be able to or not, um, but it would be before that eight-week-old fear period, but after the five-week-old fear little spike. So that would be a great time for it. Karen's setting up, so you guys are going to be able to see what we're doing. Now, one of the reasons that we share so much through Hope Service Dogs is we want you guys to see what a breeder can do and what a breeder should do, okay? Uh, a lot of breeders don't. And if a breeder's doing this, they should tell you if they're doing puppy culture. They should tell you if they're doing Avidog. They should tell you if they're doing early neurological uh, stimulation, if they're doing early scent training, if they're doing extensive socialization. One of the things that we're doing with these puppies is they're getting Neopar vaccines. They got their first one at three weeks old. So they're warmed at two, four, and six for warming. And then Neopar at three and five. Well, three and five and a half. And why are we vaccinating puppies? Aren't puppies over vaccinated? Well, what this is, is it's a specific vaccine for puppies. It's safe for puppies. And it's just against Parvo. Now, Parvo here in Florida, Parvo is a real thing. And if we ignore that, if we say our dogs don't need that, well, that's going to cut down the amount of the extensive socialization that we're doing with these puppies. And since we don't know which puppies are going to become service dogs and which puppies are going to become pet dogs and which puppies are going to become a therapy dogs, <clears throat> we wouldn't be able to take advantage of it. So one of the things we're doing is, like I said, we just had puppy cuddlers in. What's a puppy cuddler? You get to come and you get to pet a puppy. So Karen will give you as many puppies as you want to pet. Uh, you can pet them, you can brush them, you can, uh, what, you had people cleaning their teeth, or were you cleaning their teeth? Cleaning teeth, brushing, combing, checking ears, you know, doing all of this stuff at an early age so the puppies understand it, okay? And we're also, one of the things I've been busy working on, besides training dogs and coming down to Karen's to play with puppies, is uh, I've been working on our puppy, service puppy workbook through hope and that's something for all of our service puppies will get it and then we'll make an easier version for our pet puppies uh, but the idea is we want the dogs on a schedule of training we want to share the information and I came up with 
grooming needs to be added, vet care needs to be added, and there was something else that needs to be added that I had totally, oh, feeding, maybe, maybe feeding, I don't know. I have it written down in the other room. Uh, but because I need to, we need to get this information passed on because there's a lot of misinformation out there and coming from the, the training world and the service dog training world and seeing this, one thing, we got the Shiba Inu idea, right? Not every dog can be a service dog. I don't know if people don't know this or don't understand that or if it just dawned on me that this is something that people not, might not realize. Not every dog has what it takes to be a service dog. Were you guys aware of that? Give me yes or no or maybe. But not every dog has what it takes. And some dogs do not have what it takes to be a service dog. Some dogs, we're going to try our hardest and see what happens. And some dogs, it's just a heck no right off the bat. They just, they can't do it. Uh, and if we can tell that in an early age with these puppies, and we know which ones are the most likely candidates for being service dogs, um, out of this litter, <clears throat> we have 11. I don't have 11 fingers. So 11, right? <laughs> Thank you, Karen. So I got one more finger here. One of them goes to Melissa, the breeder that we got them from. So there goes Karen's finger. Thank you, Karen. One of them Hope is going to use for breeding in the future. So uh, Melissa is picking a male and we're picking a female for breeding in the future. So we're hoping that, you know, the dogs are amazing. So we can try to pick the best quality. So that's one of the reasons why we are DNA testing the girl puppies. The four girl puppies are getting DNA tested. So there goes one male, there goes one female. I have a person up on the Pacific Northwest, I believe Oregon, who wants a female. So he'll get a female. Um, he'll get a female. My mom and dad will get a female because they're going to be puppy raisers for this first litter because I've been promising them a gypsy puppy. Gypsy didn't pass her hips. Gypsy got spayed. Okay. Two more females left. If things go and these dogs show potential as service dogs, Karen takes one and I take one. <clears throat> Down to six. Down to six males. What are we going to do with six males? You ready? I'll tell you what we're going to do with six males. Uh, one of them is going to be a service dog for a woman who needs a mobility dog. So we kind of have eye on light blue for her right now. And these things could change. Could change, yeah. Orange has a family in uh, Virginia who just adores him. So if everything goes as planned, they will get orange because uh, I'm not breaking the kids hearts and telling them no you don't get orange you know um we have let's see green would make a good therapy dog yellow would yeah. make a good therapy or service dog tan would make a good service dog black might make a good service dog possibly, possibly. he was very very sweet today black was yeah. mm -hmm. um dark blue might be the dog that hope keeps oh sorry i ran out of fingers um that hope keeps to uh train to, to train up to give to somebody mm -hmm. so that's one of the things follow do what where your heart guides, right? I've been training service dogs for years. I've had service dogs for years. That's how I got into dog training. And we wanted to have a 501c3 nonprofit because there's a couple advantages to having that. And one of them is if we would decide to join ADI, which is Assistance Dogs International, we could. Mm -hmm. Next is being a nonprofit. Doesn't mean you have to give things away for free. Uh, and as we all learned by watching Tiger King, being set up as a nonprofit, a la Carol Baskin, uh, can really come in handy, right? So we're already the puppy, the puppy cuddlers, right? How cool is that? Karen doing this, you know, that means that it's a business, 
you know, like she's she's an employee of the of of Hope Service Dogs. Rich and I are employees of Hope Service Dogs uh, because of of what we provide and what we will be providing, and then all the work that we've been doing. Yeah. Because of it, we put yeah. together the public access test, putting together the workbook, so we can build Hope's brand, which can help more people. Yes. Okay. So that's what we're looking at dog-wise, is that first, not every dog can be trained up to be a service dog. Even a dog who we pick and we say, let's use Teal, because we don't have a Teal, so I can use Teal, right? Let's take Teal and let's train Teal up as a service dog. Teal has every indication that Teal will make an amazing, excellent service dog at seven weeks old or eight weeks old. At nine weeks old, at 10 weeks old. But guess what can happen? Teal doesn't make it as a service dog. Yeah. And that's fine. It happens. It happens all the time. Just because we pull a dog and we say this dog would be a great candidate to be a service dog, it doesn't mean that dog will end up being a service dog. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of environmental, um, you got an environmental exposure continuing. It has to happen. Yeah. Um Sorry, here I am. Um, She's not invisible. <laughs> training, environmental exposure, proper nutrition, and um, uh, anything can happen in the life of Teal that can cause the Teal an injury that would change her um, proje- projection as a service dog. Yeah, she could have a really yeah. bad incident. Yeah. Maybe you were getting her out of the car and you slammed the car door on her tail and that startled the crap yeah. out of her and now it's not going to happen because now she has no confidence, which wouldn't be good. But I, if you're trying to get me to come up with something off the top of my head yeah. that would work, maybe she startles so bad and she's during one of these fear windows right. that that's just it. You've just marred her for life, right? Usually it doesn't happen that way. Usually, you know, there's a lot that we can do. Yeah. Now, what if we handcuffed ourselves and we said, now we're only training this dog using positive reinforcement and the oh so nice gentle leader, which isn't oh so nice. So what people, the big mistake people do is they try to train in positive only and they try to do the same amount of reps as uh, a balance trainer would use or a... Um, I don't like that word. Yeah, what's the other word? A nipopo uh, trainer. Nipopo trainer. <laughs> nipopo trainer or a trainer that uses negative reinforcement. Uh, they try to do the same amount of reps. And no, it takes five to 6,000 reps in positive only to learn one behavior. And how many in nipopo? Nipopo, it's three to 600 or 400 or four to 600. Four to 600 four to versus 600. four to 6,000. Yeah, four ten to six hundred. Ten times less. And the other disadvantage, if you're really doing positive, is you don't have a way of correcting except for stopping the training. Yep. You know, stop taking away the food, stopping the training. You can't, you're not allowed to correct by hitting the dog. Well, or, we don't hit the dog anyway. <laughs> or yelling at the dog even. I don't usually yell at the dogs. I yell uh, at my family more because, you saying know, Saying the word no loudly is yelling at the dog. It is. Uh, pulling on the leash or jerking the, the dog back is a negative, re- is a negative uh, correction. So that's not allowed in positive only. Well, so, I don't use that either. Use a good example. Uh, <laughs> So, so a positive only, so the the only way you can is to take away the food. But they don't. and that's, They don't do yeah. that. They do all kinds of other things. Um, 
They'll they'll repeat and yell and yell. They'll. Uh, Do you know how many times people tell me that they just pop their little dog in the butt? That's for, what I'm for saying. That's hitting. Or they'll like whack him in the nose because he didn't want to listen. That's hitting. That's negative. Yeah. That's no, you no, have. They're positive you're no only. longer positive. They're positive only. Oh my god. <laughs> but see so. see the trap that you fall into. No, I yeah. only use a gentle leader because it's positive only. Really, because the dog's pulling and he doesn't like that contraption on his nose. That's negative. That's doing the same thing as a choke chain is. Shit. It just has better PR because marketing right okay even when a dog when you're pulling a dog back on on a harness that's pressure you know, so, so so if you negative. really truly understand the tools that you're using you're gonna have much more open to you I actually was talking to somebody from europe yesterday who asked why i had tucker on a prong collar when he's just a sweet poodle and thank you emily i love you too um, she says, I love you guys. Uh, and you and I told her, I said, do you, are you under the mistaken impression, I think it was a him, that a prong collar is only for an aggressive dog because that is the last tool I use on an aggressive dog. Right. I don't prong use a prong collar. collar. excites a dog. Yep. Why would you use a prong collar on an already excited dog? Well, <laughs> talking about prong collars on dogs, Karen at IACP last year in Colorado had a trainer giving her a, a drunk trainer giving her a hard yeah. time over having Holstein, her sweetheart of a dog, on a prong collar. Well, if you know anything about the right way to use tools, a prong collar is an activation tool. Activation. It gets Holstein a little more energetic because Holstein, his nickname could be Couch Potato. Couch Potato. He's unflappable. Yes. <laughs> He's pretty cool. He's an honorary golden now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you, you have that. You know what tools. So, so the person asked me, you know, about why I used a prong, and I said because it works for them, because it's fantastic. I told her it's a communication tool. It's yeah. like power steering for him. That's Yeah, you that's know? what I said. I said, yeah. too. Now, I have something called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which means my joints are all funky. My ankle is taped, if you guys have seen pictures of my feet today, or yesterday, or the day before I taped it up yeah. a couple days ago. Uh, and it's because it went out on me whenever the dogs ran into me, but still. Uh, now, it's happened with my shoulders. We were actually at a workshop when we had our training center here in Gainesville, and I don't even remember the dog pulling on it that bad. My shoulder was out and giving me problems for a year because of it. Wow. A year. Yeah. Went to physical therapy. Hurt like I, I cried after every physical therapy session. I went two to three times a week. Uh, it did not do anything. It did not help. Yeah. Um, except for, you know, me crying. The first one, and what, what annoyed me is they lured me in. And they gave me a wonderful massage. And I thought, uh, dude, I'll totally go to physical therapy two to three yeah. times a week for a massage. No, that was the only massage I ever got. Um, so we... That is a trick. Right? It was a really good trick. But, uh, you know, I can't have a dog pull me. If a dog pulls me and I'm out of commission for a year, I can't afford to do that. And I'm not going to tell my clients, your dog's bad and your dog needs a prong collar. My dogs are good and they only need a flat collar. So a lot of times the tools that you're learning with, that the dog's learning with, are part of the gear. Yeah. Okay? There's nothing wrong with staying with tools that work. Yeah. Um, now, some trainers will say it's a training tool. You should be beyond that. If it works, there's not. it's not. Hey, Karen, do you have yeah. insurance on your car? Yes. Do you wear your seatbelt when you go driving? Yes. But I thought you were a good driver. I still have insurance. Right? Yeah. Same thing yeah. with the dogs, guys. Yeah, Same exact thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not going to tool shame. If you want to use a gentle leader, I'm fine for it. As long as you know the proper way to use it and you're using it and your dog does well with it. That's a big one. Because if you're telling me as a disabled person, training dogs for disabled people, that I cannot use X, Y, or Z tool, you're discriminating. 
against that person, against that dog, and against me, and I will not have it. That is one thing we're so passionate about. Know your tools. You have to. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't know how to use a tool, you need to learn how to use the tool, and you need to communicate that tool as a communication device to that dog. You need That means it has to be an activation tool, a do tool, before you use that tool as a don't tool. Yep. No matter what yeah. the tool is. I don't care if it's a stick. You have to activate the dog and teach the dog to do with the stick before you can correct with the stick. Right? So. And people look at me like I've grown a second head whenever I'll say something like that to them. Or we use harnesses. Guys, I use harnesses sometimes to teach a dog. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. I train service dogs for mobility stuff. They have special harnesses that, that they wear that they can pull into so they can pull forward more effectively. Mobility, forward momentum pull. Yeah. You need a harness and you need to teach the dog how to pull into it. Yeah. So, brace. Brace. Count, yeah. You don't need need, but it's nice. Counterbalance. Mm -hmm. The forward momentum pull. Those are big ones. Got any sort of guide work. You need to have a harness on. Yeah. Now what happens now? The puppies that are going home in uh, end of this month, because uh, they're four weeks now, right? You know what I told each of the owners that I want them to have for their puppy for the go home? A harness. We introduced some of them. I didn't say you need to have a prong collar. I didn't say you need to have a head halter. I said you need to have a five-point harness, mm -hmm. preferably the Premier or what is it now? Pet Safe. The Pet Safe Shore Fit harness, which you can find on Amazon. That's great for puppies. It's not great for adult dogs. It's great for puppies. Yeah. And most of the training that we do with puppies, we start off with the clicker and capturing the behavior and setting the dog up for success with the aquarium. And then we're going to go into, you know, if the dog needs a leash at first, that's fine. The dog can have a leash on. You could attach a leash to the harness. That's mm -hmm. kind of the idea. Yeah. But it's not until you're ready for... To introduce the tools that you're going to communicate yeah. with them. Yeah. So at what age? It depends on depends your dog and what age. You need to charge the clicker. You need to develop a relationship with this puppy. Yeah. You need to establish a routine yeah. uh, of potting and wake, of sleep, wake, and, and activity. Um, and 95% of the day, these, dogs are, these puppies are sleeping um, at the age that they go home at. So mm -hmm. most of it is about routine. When do you plan so, on introducing an e-collar to your doggy? Probably 12 weeks old. 12 weeks. Um, well, I did Django about 10 because I had to have them at Gold School at 12. If, if I'm bringing these puppies to Gold School at 8 weeks old, they might get introduced right there at Gold School. You will have them there for 2 eight weeks. 8 weeks old because they'll be, be there for 2 weeks. Yeah. Um, so, and if Bart says, I want to put this on the puppy, then we're doing it. Right. Know? So, um, but uh, we'll see. More than likely, we're going to be working with the manners minder. So, you know, and that's the yeah. nice thing with having different tools is I don't have a problem using food. Uh, we use treats. We use treats with the puppies today. Mm -hmm. Why do we use treats with the puppies today instead of their food? Their food, uh, you, you you already ground it up, didn't you? No, I'm getting ready okay. to. So it's too we hard take for them it, to chew yeah, right now. We pulverize it. We yeah. put it in a, she has the Nutribullet and she pulverizes the food and we mix it up with supplements. And I, we did a video on it. Check the video out on Hope. But we do that because they can't chew the kibble now. So why would I give them kibble as a reward when they can't eat it? So they got, they got treats. You had soft treats and you yeah. cut them up into small pieces. And what they didn't eat, Gypsy did because Gypsy yeah. will take one for the team they're that They're still way. trying to figure out how to chew things. Even though they have teeth, they're not used to using them yet. 
except for on mom. <laughs> oh my gosh, whatever we were cuddling yeah. with them. And they wanted it, so I put my finger in their mouth, yeah, sucking suck your away. Finger back into the back of their throats. So. Right, it was black. He yeah. loved it. Yeah. He thought that was the greatest thing ever. But you have to understand that first, not every dog can be everything, just like not every person can be an Olympic athlete. Okay? Yeah. And the more I understand it, the more I see it out there, it's a certain energy level, mm -hmm. right? It's a certain personality type. And we'll see it with the dogs as well. So a shy, fearful, nervous dog, could he ever be a service dog? I mean, maybe an in-home service dog, but is he going to be comfortable outside? Just no. saying, you know, let's train him up to be a service dog doesn't guarantee There's it. There's a lot of management stuff you can do, but is that really fair to the dog? Yeah. You know, you got to, in the end, are you being fair to the dog when their baseline uh, temperament is super shy? And uh, are you really being fair mm -hmm. by doing teaching them to manage that, um, I, you know, I would seriously be questioning that. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. No matter how much you love the dog, no matter how much you bonded with the dog as to put them out in public on a daily basis, um, for service dog work where he has to pull from inside his nerve to deal with things is, is not really fair. So knowing that and uh, and making those decisions early on before you even pick a puppy like that uh, is, you know, that's why we have temperament testing. Right? So, well, that's, you want to have a breeder who knows what to look for too. Right. So I also talked to somebody who wanted to come to me for a puppy out of Ginger's litter, which will be the next litter that we do, of Goldens. Mm -hmm. Notice Notice what I put on there. It's for a reason. Okay, so that that person who was going to pick a pup, like, I, I can help you to the best of my ability because I know, for example, just because we have two people who want service dogs out of this litter. One of them wants it for mobility and medical. The other one wants it for another reason. Well, that's going to change the dog that I pick for them. You know, just because they both want a service dog doesn't mean that they both want the same thing from a service dog. And Dark Blue, if you guys have been following the litter, Dark Blue is very smelly focused. He will follow scents. We had him out today. He's following scents around. Mm -hmm. He is going to be great for maybe a gluten alert type of thing or I'm, diabetic type. More environment. I do more peanut gluten with him probably yeah. than, um, than a diabetic because he, he does like to smell the environment. It's, it's stuff in the environment, searching type uh, behavior type smells that he's really capitalizing on. And he's been this way since early scent introduction. Um, I noticed that about him, and, and it's continued. Um, like Vicki said, today she noticed that it's very different than the other puppies, what he does. Um, but on the other hand, he has... Uh, he. he he was he was afraid to go over the barrier the first time. Yep, last night. Yeah, um, and then he didn't make it over the barrier, so he went hungry in the morning, and then he managed to make it over the barrier last night with a lot of cheering. But I didn't I didn't help him over. He had to do it himself, and he and was super proud of himself. The way he walked around afterwards, he was like, "Ah, I did it." Look you at know, me. Like, and if yeah. she would have picked him up and moved him, he would have thought, yeah. "Well, then if I struggle, I'll just wait long right. enough, and you'll let me, you'll lift me up and do it," which isn't what we want. It's not what we want in a puppy. 
But that doesn't mean that he's not going to be a service dog because he he has he didn't go over the bump. Yeah, because no he didn't service go over dog the for bump. Him. But today he went, he sniffed out uh, to go across the barrier that uh, he had individual barrier this morning. He focused on smelling the food through the gate before he went around the barrier, and you know, so it's it's, it's dark blue. He's gonna yeah, smell it first. Yeah, he's got to smell it. Oh, that's where the food is. Well, then he then he tried to track it on the floor, which some spilt over to the gate by then. Oh, so it wasn't a good track because it was tracking into the gate. So, um, if I put a trail from where he was, he probably would have tracked it. Probably. He probably would have. Yeah, yeah, when we get him outside, yeah. oh my gosh, that'll be fun so to play I've with. So I've got um, golf tees to do tracking circles. Um, that's going to be one of the things we do with puppy culture. So uh, that's nice. going to be coming up very soon. So so if somebody just said to us as, as breeders who don't know anything other than, you know, Goldens have puppies. Uh, I want a service dog. I wouldn't know what to look for. And we have three potentials in this litter. We have the Hope Dog. I mean, we have our dogs, yeah. too, which will be five. But we have the Hope Dog. We have a mobility dog. And we have a, a dog to help out with a, someone who has PTSD. Yeah. Those are three separate requirements. If Hope Dog, if we want to do even medical alert on people, yeah. you know, see how it goes. Yeah, the Hope Dog we're going to probably train very uh, broadly to allow him to, him or her, well, probably him, uh, to allow him to flex into something more specific. Yeah, and see so, what he enjoys. Right, and also to see that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. You know, and I don't want to pigeonhole him, but it's different. And so a yeah. lot of, like I said, if someone would just come up and say, I want a service dog, okay, how about this leftover dog? No, yeah. you don't want the leftover dog. And remember, if you if you train a dog, in, if the, the task that the dog does for you is something the dog already enjoys, he'll look forward to doing it. Like he'll Holst never work a day in his life. Holstein loves to smell food. <laughs> and so him identifying gluten, he'll do that all day long. As long as the sun is shining and the moon is rising, he'll, he'll identify gluten for you because he loves smelling food. So And eating. Yep, and eating. But uh, that's why he's part golden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you have to understand that and you have to understand that going into it. And we've worked with a lot of people who bring their dogs to us. And, you know, like I said, we always try our best. But sometimes, ugh, you know, I hate being the one to tell them, you know, I don't think this dog's going to work out as a service dog. Uh, you know, and I don't know. I don't want to write off a dog. Maybe the dog will mature and do amazing. Maybe he won't or maybe she won't. Uh, you know, maybe the dog will do great at home. And the reason I don't like to do in-home versus public service dogs uh, is because that in-home dog is always going to end up out in public. Yeah. They're that's, always going to do that. That happens and they don't complete the training for being out in public and then they then the handler, the person with the disability, is upset at the public person or the gatekeeper because they're not allowed because, or because they're kicked out of somewhere when they, as the handler or a person with disability, never completed the training for that dog to be uh, comfortable and behave properly in public. So, yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, but so there, there's a lot that you need to, to look into whenever you're looking. And I don't care if it's a companion dog. I know we do a lot of service dogs. We also do a lot of companion dogs. We do a lot of behavior modification, which is dogs with um, issues. And it could be anything, fear, likes to jump up on people, you know, aggression, whatever. Um, you know, the shyness, barking, jumping, pooping, not my favorite, but still they need help. Uh, but what we find is people just, I don't know if they don't know or if they don't want to know, but you know, we want, we want you guys to be successful. We want you guys knowing the dog you're getting. And one of the things that it's hard is people buy dogs with their heart. heart. They don't buy it with their head. And we want yeah. you to buy the dog. We want with you to think head. about it with the head yeah. because we talked with a lot of people who get breeds who are a mismatch either to their home into their life, into their family, mm -hmm. or a mismatch to their goals. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just, it's not going to work. All because they had a certain type of dog as a child, or they always dreamed of having a certain type of dog. They love Game of Thrones, yeah. and they want a husky. Yeah. I mean, I know, I've always dreamed as a small child about owning an English sheepdog. Really? English, I've always wanted an English sheepdog. That was like my most favorite. My dad got me this big stuffed full-size English sheepdog, you know, for me for Christmas. But I know I'm not a groomer. <laughs> that I had great Pyrenees. It was hard to keep up with them. But you just shave off the, dog, you just shave them. Oof. They have to be able to see them. So with the old English sheepdogs, yeah. one of the things is they're the ones who can't see. Right. So whenever we get dogs in who can't see, guess what? A lot of times they have are behavior issues. Behavior issues. They bark yeah. at people because they can't see. They bark at things because they right. can't see. So the first thing we do is uh, is cut their hair or put them up in a ponytail. Yeah. They need that to be able to see, but people don't want to. Just like people who get the doodles yeah. and they never groom them. And the dog comes in six inches of matted mess of a coat. Yeah. You know, and the nails off to here. You can't do that. So, Alyssa says they, got, they love Game of Thrones and they want a husky. You know what I tell them, Alyssa? I say you're not Sansa Stark and this isn't Game of Thrones. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for service dogs. Yeah. It is hard to do a service dog Siberian Husky because you know what a service dog's first, or a Siberian Husky's first love is? To run. To run. As far and as fast they as look, he can. They're looking at what's out there and they're so visually stimulated. It'd be hard to focus them in on you all the time because they're visually stimulated by the environment all the time. And they're, and they're always, they have that far away look. That's part, that's their breed. And they need yeah. to run. They're, they were bred to run. So. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And, and while I might, I don't want a Siberian Husky, like I can train them. It, you know, like yeah. if it was just breeds that I wanted, like there's a lot of breeds that I'd want. Um, there's not, not a lot of breeds I'd say no to training. I mean, there are some that I have said no to. Uh, we also just recently in the last few weeks had a, a, a gentleman from out of state who wants a Bernese Mountain Dog as his service dog. And he showed me breeders and I looked through the sites with him and I said, this breeder is a possible, this breeder is a hell no. And why is that? Because... Guardian dog. You know, Jeez. yeah, you, you get... Yeah. Bernese Mountain Dogs are huge, so it's going to make travel an issue. They're going to shed life. and drool. Short life, die of cancer at an early age, which is why we went with European lines for our Golden Retrievers. More of a guardian breed, doesn't like to be outside the house, that kind of thing, outside the yep. yard. 
Yeah, so what so, do you get? You get a dog who's gonna fail out, more than likely. More than, more than likely, likely gonna fail out. Why too? Because the breeders don't have a lot of experience picking a service dog. And again, is it a service dog for mobility, for PTSD, for gluten alert? What's the service dog for? What traits should you be looking for? And that dog also, the Burmese <clears throat> Mountain Dog, matures later in life with the shorter life. Your time period of having that dog as a service dog is very short. Yeah, it is, yeah. If he makes it. Yeah, yeah, if he makes it. Yeah. And what you have to ask yourself is, why do I want this dog? Do I want this dog because I think it'd be cool to have an old English sheepdog and I've always wanted one? Right? Well, my reason was. Right? Is it because I have sheep that I need a dog for? Yeah. Right? And I love to groom dogs and this would be perfect. Uh, is it because I need a service dog and an old English sheepdog would be an amazing gluten alert dog for Karen? Uh, you know, so you have to ask yourself why. And while whenever I tell people, golden retriever, yellow or black Labrador retriever or standard poodle, you know, other size poodles too, but or poodle, uh, they'll, well, how about a silver lab? No. How about a chocolate lab? No. Well, I really, I don't like goldens. Well, how much do you like to have having a service dog? Because I'll, I'll go yellow lab. Mm -hmm. I'll go... Uh, you mentioned shave a Great Pyrenees. Please clarify, never shave a Great No, I said shave a Old English Sheepdog. Not a Great Pyrenees. Not I a Great Pyrenees. We never shaved our Great Pyrenees. That's not No, you said that the grooming safe. was uh, hard to keep up with, and right. I said then you can shave your Great Pyrenees to <laughs> shave off bangs. Yeah. You know, we had yeah. a goat that had bangs, and everyone yeah. thought that we had cut them that way, and we didn't. They, he just had bangs that he liked to pee on, so they were yellow, and he was no. a white goat. No, we never shaved our Great Pyrenees. Mm -hmm. uh, we... That uh, this just I said the coat for a Great Pyrenees was hard enough to keep up with, and I wanted an English Sheepdog. That that shocked me out of wanting an English. Sheepdog, <laughs> That's why Holstein doesn't have it. Yeah, um, just having to deal with the coat of the Great of the we rescued Great Pyrenees. Um, we had three Great Pyrenees. At, oh um, gosh. That we were fostering and rescuing. So um, and of course they always come to you in bad shape and uh, having to deal. And that was pre-pedestal days. Yeah, that was pre-pedestal days. It'd be a lot easier days. now. Okay, she says, okay, so, thanks. And so then Nicole says, why do you not recommend a chocolate lab? Because they're crazy. Yeah, they have temperament issues. It's genetic. Um, so AKC has um, uh, courses on genetics and how they're related to colors of coats. And um, that is actually documented as one of the problems with um, the chocolate labs. They have identified that it's, it's genetically together, the temperament issue and the color of the coat. So if you take those courses, they're pretty interesting. <coughs> they're very technical. Um, I've taken most of them. So. You have to send them to me because yeah. I need to get caught up certification-wise. Yeah, yeah so we're, <laughs> that's one of our goals, to register as um, AKC breeder. Um, Bread so, from heart, yep. Yeah, so, Bread by and, heart. and for, for us to do that, we have to have completed those courses, which I have done that, so we're already going towards it. Um, so, but, uh, so Carol, Kathy says, yeah, I agree. We have two 11 month olds. Yeah. Silver labs, uh, Alyssa says make me crazy because so many people don't realize they're almost guaranteed skin issues. And there's the Lyme in there too. You know, silver dogs, we've got the pit bulls who very pit bull heavy area here in Gainesville. Um, the silver ones are, seem to always be the ones or the blues, right? Yeah, the silver is the same thing. Silvers are, uh, yeah. Dobermans, you'll see, um, Somebody tried to call me. That's okay. I shut it off because we're on my phone because we're here at Karen's. Uh, so yeah, and and they're they're meth heads, really. They're blah, 
that constantly, okay. even more so than the chocolate labs are. Okay, so that's, yellow labs are calmer. What do more service or training programs put out? Yellow labs and goldens and the mixing of the two. Yeah. They don't put out a lot of black labs. They don't put out, I don't think, any chocolate labs. Um, but black labs can work. Black labs are usually more workable, you know, but they're, they're also higher energy right. than the yellows. Right, they're higher energy. So um, they tend to, as service dogs, go to higher energy people. Um, they do, um, you know, younger people that need service dogs, that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've seen is the black labs uh, have a tendency to be placed with, with the higher energy people. There are people with disabilities who... Who have who, energy. <laughs> who actually have energy and, and right. do active things. And, um, and their service dog uh, mitigates their disability in a medical way. Um, that, uh, so it makes a better match for those types. So. And just because I say it broadly, it doesn't mean all. Right. You know, like I was talking about doodles. Uh, Emily's doodles in right now, and, and he's fantastic. Carice, he's such a love. We were actually going to do an outing today with him, except Rich wasn't feeling great, and I decided to come here to spend another day with the Goldens before Karen goes back to work. Yeah. So he'll get his outing tomorrow, unless Rich took him. He was going into tractor supply tonight. That's why he called. Do y'all want to see a barrier challenge with the puppies? You want to see some puppy stuff? So, so Interested in training. Good. So yeah, it's good. Barrier challenge is... Uh, a feeding challenge that we do with the puppies. We have advanced to uh, them moving around a gate uh, or a fencing or whatever where they have to negotiate how to get to the, it's problem solving for them to get to the food. Um, it's part of puppy, puppy culture. So we have this big tray of food that we put down um, and we're letting the puppies basically eat until they're full. So I'm gonna mix up a double batch. Um, and uh, we send one puppy on his own to find the food, uh, get to the food, and then we send a second one who watches, can see the other puppy going through and has to get around the barrier. Um, this morning, I don't know if you, any of you have watched this morning's uh, barrier challenge, but uh, uh, so we do it two times and then we move on to the next, the next level, basically. So this will be the second bar individual barrier challenge. So um, I'm getting ready to set up for that. And uh, I'm gonna- Do you have it all set up? All I gotta do is grind the food. Okay, so we've got a couple questions, a couple comments. Uh, Kathy is interested in training. Melissa says, to be fair, I have a 15. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. We've got to grind up the kibble. Okay. That's what she's doing. Don't worry about hurrying. It'll, it'll take as long as it takes. Uh, I, she has a 15-month-old chocolate lab service dog in training specifically for the higher energy due to her lifestyle with kids and country life on top of his public access city work. Yeah. And, Melissa, that's fine. That's I'm fine. saying in general. In my, general. Let's see. You want to know what I've had and had? Um, my first dog was a Siberian Husky for a service dog. 
I had a Malinois. On my second Malinois, I have a Doberman. I have a Golden. I had a German Shepherd who didn't make it. I had a Border Collie who worked for just a little bit of time. I understand that. The problem is whenever people invest $10,000 in a dog that they're not sure is going to work out or they're misrepresented or lied to by somebody about it. And that's why I don't want any misrepresentation about it uh, whenever we go through it. Uh, you know, I can't force you to get a golden. Melissa, I can't force, you know, Tom down the street to get a golden for service dog work. But they have to understand not every dog can take all the training and succeed with it. So because you would have a chocolate lab, and I'm not, I've never met your lab, Melissa. Maybe he is the best chocolate lab in the whole wide world. But just going off generalities, you are going to have a higher chance of washout than, you know, if you would have gone with a yellow lab. So, yeah, you're going to have to work harder and you're going to have to give your dog an outlet. <laughs> You've got kids in a country love. So, you know, you have that. Uh, next, Alyssa says, important questions for breeders. I know most health testing is breed specific, but on the broader spectrum. So, Alyssa, you've got it. Health testing specific for the breed, which you can find through OFA.org. Um, if you look under diseases uh, and if you look up specific, you know, breeds, you can see Dobermans, what they need, Goldens, what they need, Poodles, what they need. And make sure that it is. You know what I see all the time because I'm on different breed forums? That says he's healthy. I ordered a genetic test. That's all I need. No. Yeah, I ordered a genetic test. Wisdom panel. Yeah, I'm <laughs> getting wisdom panel. I'm getting bark. Like, he'll pass it, right? Like, it'll be fine. Like, look how pretty he is. No, that's not what it is. So what you need is the health testing. And you want to see copies of it. Or you want to be able to verify it through OFA. Or like Goldens are on caninedata.com, I believe. But you want to be able to verify it. Uh, I don't have... Yeah, 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 he's passed it. He's a champion, too. No, show me. I want to, I, I, I'm curious. I'd like to see it. Uh, and so you want those. You want to find out if they do puppy culture or avidog for the puppies when they're growing up. Do they do early neurological stimulation? Do they do early scent introduction? Do they do extensive socialization and habituation? Extensive socialization, that's all the people coming over, Right. That is, um, habituation is household stuff. She has the dogs, Karen has the dogs here between her, they're in the dining room, which is between the kitchen and the living room. So when they're in the kitchen, they see and hear everything, okay? Dishwasher running. Yeah, Yeah, right? You You, you hear the grinder. You heard it, you're going to hear it again. Listen, do you hear any dogs barking? Now they're going to learn that this means food's coming. You know, but they're not carrying on. They're being good. Okay. So they have that. The dishwasher, you know what was going on this morning? We were getting puppies out, and they had... This is good, I'll wait. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. Okay. So they had their Velcro collars on that we'd put on them when they were born. I mean, Karen's loosened them up quite a bit because they're gotten a lot bigger. But I had ordered, and it came um, yesterday, breakaway collars for them. You know, so a little bigger, a little more sturdier for the pups. And came, and so she pulled the puppies out individually. We'd play with them. We'd switch the collars off. We'd put harnesses on them just to have them wear different things. Her uh, iRobot... Trooper. What, what is it? It's not the Roomba. 
Brava, the Brava M6, uh, was outgoing. And one of the puppies that kept bumping, I think it was dark blue while he was sniffing stuff. He didn't care. That's what you want. I don't want to have them in a separate facility where they never get exposed to a robot on the floor or the dishwasher or the blender going or the ding dong when people come over. You know, I want the dogs ideally in a home environment. Now, granted, as Hope grows, the idea is going to be to build a, you know, a kind of whelping room. So we have that separate from the house to, to, for the protection and safety of the dogs. But there's also going to be a living area over there. And we're going to spend a lot of time over there. Have yeah. All the things that we can simulate the home environment. Yeah. It's going so, to be amazingly beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Right. So those are what you want to look for. You want to find out how they place dogs. Um, yes, you are going to get them taken in on the order that you get the the the, the deposits received, right? Is that is what's going to pick the dog or are they going to pick the dog? Um, I've had breeders who will you know, for an extra $500 you get pick puppy. Pick female and pick male for an extra 500 We're not doing that. Why? Because I know what's going to go in for the service dogs. I know the one who wants a therapy dog. Like, we're already having a couple dogs eyeballed for that. So you want to find out how they choose which dog goes. Are they going to come and say, oh, I want this dog? What do they know? They've seen the dog for, what, 20 minutes tops? Not, a, not every breeder does as much as we do with the social media, with Instagram, with Facebook. Yeah. Visiting... Um, the, so a cuddler was uh, following a litter of puppies and came every week to visit the puppies and had her heart set on one particular puppy. And, uh, and then as the weeks passed, by the time, the uh, one week before the puppies were ready to go home, her puppy ended up being this whiny, you know, very loud Brats. and bratty type and uh, ended up not being... The puppy she thought she wanted, basically. Yeah, and he said, no, that's not your dog. This is your dog. Yeah, and the breeder was smart enough to know that that's not, yeah, that's not the right dog for you and your temperament and and the dog's temperament. So so that's, yeah, so you that's have to what ask. a responsible breeder should do. Should not yeah. be matching people with dogs from the time they're infants, from, with puppies from the time they're infants, without even knowing what their temperament is. Yeah. And that changes, and that's why the Volhard test does not happen until seven weeks old. I am so excited so. to see, because we notice traits in these puppies mm -hmm. from the very beginning, from hours old. Some of them will be consistent. At seven weeks, some of them are going to change drastically. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm interested in seeing yeah. if, if Blue's still the scent one, if he'd be a good service dog. If right. Green is still the compassionate therapy dog. If Yellow is still the really good, I can do anything dog. Right. You know, if Pink is still the talkative one. Yeah. You know, I'm interested in seeing those and then following the dogs throughout their lives to see. Because what I see a lot of times is, yes, I know we are trainers, but quirks, things that the dogs have as puppies... Yeah. A lot of times they have whenever they're full grown too. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and yes, the training can help. Yeah. But it doesn't get rid of all the way because it's genetic. Yeah. Okay. So training can help manage whatever's genetically there. Yeah. Well, so it's good to know what temperament is there so you can develop a training program. To help you. With to that. help you and that dog be a better dog. And so Holstein is pretty big. Yeah. White with black spots. He looks like a whole stink cow. Um, no matter how much training we do, he's not going to become a little black chihuahua, is he? No, no. 
Same thing with a lot of this other stuff, yeah. right? Not that training is our training. We could do amazing things with it. Yeah. But you can't get a dog who is not cut out for the job that you want and expect that to happen because training. Right. Training. Right. training. No. Um, how do I get info on your facility? Kathy. Uh -huh. Facebook. Uh, so you're on Dream Canines uh, Facebook page. Our website is Dream, or Dream Dogs Facebook page. Um, dream K9, letter K number nine, dream K9.com is our website. You can get all the information there. Um, is it too late at a year old to start training? No, no, it's never too late for service dog work. Uh, the earlier, the better. Now, whenever I first met up with Karen, Holstein was five, five yeah. and we started him then because she had done extensive training, socialization and everything else with him. Yeah. He needed tasks and he needed a uh, brush up on public training, yeah. public access. Public that was, access, yeah. so yeah, if I would have said no to her, we wouldn't be here today. Honestly, yeah. you know, uh, so I don't, I try not to discount from the get go. It depends on what all you've done. It depends on where they're at, but no, one year old is not too late for service dog or for pet dog, companion dog training. No, that's actually a perfect age. Yeah. Yeah. One year old works out pretty good, but yeah, go to dream canine.com D R E A M the letter K, the number nine.com. Uh, and then we have information on service dog and on pet companion dog stuff. Uh, we have three different tiers for each program. We have our online only. We have online and personal training and other stuff. And then we have online personal training and boot camp, board and train, which is where they come and they stay with us, which works out really good. Okay, so Karen is, she has to heat up stuff and then she has to wait for it to cool down. So, okay, she's ready. You ready? You want to see? Okay, here we go. Flippy camera. So here's the dining room. Here's the kitchen. I get to click. Yeah, just wait until I get the puppy out. So we've got sleepy puppies. You guys see all the sleepy puppies? Okay. And then here's the barrier challenge. You see the barrier right there? That's the challenge. So they have to go around it. And earlier, whenever she did it, it was on the opposite side that they had to go. So this, the hole is on the, if we're looking at it this way, the hole is on the right before the hole was on the left. Okay. Oh, just general obedience? No, then yo, you're fine. Go Kathy, ahead. oh, boot camp, yeah, perfect for boot camp. Go ahead, quick. Nice, smart, which one? Um, is that aqua? Yes, so <laughs> we didn't have an aqua colored one, so aqua is now a gray color. So she's aqua or gray, it doesn't matter. Who's that one? Yellow. Yellow, so aqua's a girl, and here comes yellow to boy. And they're all kind of waking up and they're still snoozy. Now if you notice in the earlier videos that Karen did from earlier this morning when she went live and did this, um, they got really fat and then they fall asleep. And they were kind of like ticks whenever ticks eat enough and they blow up and then they can fall off kind of. Uh, so she had to pick up the little fat ticks and put them away and then they were happy as a clam happy as a tick Alrighty. that's gonna be the newest saying what are you i'm happy as a tick oh someone's gone potty yeah he just finished potty. nice is... black blue oh dark, dark blue. blue he's smelling in the air that one if you leave a trail he'll come and find it look at him he's like oh my god let me walk in it. Yeah. You're well, so weird. <laughs> right? Ready? Here comes pink. So the clicker tells them that it's time to work. The clicker also 
tells them that a reward is coming, but they have to move to the reward. Guys, there's like a whole one there. Here's green. Green's one of the boys. So green, we have pegged. We have tagged him to see how he'll do as a therapy dog. Green is very compassionate with the other puppies. Uh, he will forsake his food to go and help another puppy. See, he's trying to problem solve the barrier. There we go. He this figured morning, it. The barrier was going this way, and they had to go this direction. It's yeah. the opposite. So I have changed it up. I'm not doing the same thing every time. So uh, the first day we had one roll for them to go over, and then the evening we had two rolls for them to go over. This morning they had to come through this way. Now they have to go through that way. So, you know what you should do next time is you should do a little corner over to here. Yep. So they have to do that because yeah, that'd so be cool. Yeah, it's not seen yet yeah. so much. But this, we want them to actually see through the gate yeah. right now. Well, you could also do where it's like two. So uh, they have the left and then the right yeah. and then the left and the right and the turn. Yeah. Oh, we could have fun. Yeah, and that's the neat about these exercise pens. You can do stuff like that. Kathy, boot camp. Yeah, I love doing boot camp. Alrighty, this one is tan, tan. or light brown. Tian's confused. He'll just spit in a circle. Yeah. Wait, my friends. Yeah, my friends out. Oh, forget my friends. I want to go eat. Oh my gosh. Dark blue decides that's his. See their new collars, the guys? Aren't they pretty? They're nice and shiny and clean for the moment. All right. All right. Oh, so one of the things Karen told me about earlier, because she did this before I got here, is you see how they kind of eat and get everywhere? So one of the things that they do is whenever she put them back in there, whenever they were fat as a tick and done, the puppies who hadn't eaten yet, because this is what, one, two, three, four, five, six, this is half of the puppies. Yeah, we'll do the next The one. other puppies were eating the food off of them. Yeah. And okay. that's why they became quiet. So um, yeah. On part two, you didn't hear any sounds because the ones that hadn't eaten yet were eating on, eating the food on the other, the first batch of puppies. So this morning there were, I did seven and four. So I'm doing, I'm splitting it up a little bit more evenly. Um, so I'm going to let these guys finish up what's in this plate. And then I'm going to refill, take them all out, refill the plate and do the last five. Alyssa said her heart needed this today. You know, Alyssa, there's one thing that you're not going to find with us is political stuff going on because it doesn't help. Um, neither does ranting and raving about the injustices that go on in the world, period. There's a lot of them, and other people take care of it. You know what I like to concentrate on is puppies. Yeah. Everybody needs a puppy. Right now, this is what the world needs is just is puppies, is cute puppies, is golden retriever fluff balls. Yeah, they are super fluffy. Look at, look, look what's happened here. Look at the fluff. Yeah. Look at all this fluff. Look at the tail. Oh, my God. And look at the giant feet. She's looking at you. Right. Right there. <laughs> yeah. Let me put her back and one other back. And uh, let me see. Oh, oh my God. Look at that belly. <laughs> oh, Pink and aqua. Let me take them back. And then, um, yeah, he's looking at Here, puppy cam view.
Not Poppy Belly. Look at that. My two great Pyrenees, brother and sister, very smart, especially the boy. Blue, teach him something once and he learns. That's awesome, Kathy. What kind are they? These are uh, European Golden Retrievers, European lines. They're from, uh, the parents are both from the Ukraine. Um, there you go. That's Tan. He might be a good service dog. And then who's the other one? Yellow. Yellow. Yellow could do anything. Mm -hmm. um, they're breed uh, Golden Retriever. So, yeah, they're, they're called English Cream, but they're not always cream colored. So, they're English or European Golden Retrievers. Uh, so that's what you'll see up on the website. But yeah, they're goldens. They can uh, be bright white or they can be dark, dark. Yeah, yeah. Just because they're called English creams doesn't mean, oh my gosh, look at the food on that face. Look at the food on that face and those ears and the feet. Oh my God, and kisses. <laughs> yeah, golden retrievers. Oh, that was a <laughs> All right, next. So I like Goldens as service dogs. You said you got them from Europe because of genetics. Yes. Yes. So genetically, European Goldens are. Um, See, it's not fully ground. We ooh, have some smart. pieces that are soaking now. They're not quite getting it, but they're starting to. Um, between Gypsy is an American show line, Loki is America service dog line, and we had another one that we were looking at as well, and all of them were diagnosed before two years old with hip dysplasia. So that really was frustrating and really upset me. And so we looked in European bread, the are supposed to be healthier, less risk of cancer, less hip issues, less heart issues. So we had a wonderful breeder here who had um, had uh, donated the mom and the daddy to us. I'm Alyssa with Sweethearts Golden in Colorado. I need to go splash water on my face right now. I don't feel good. So can I give this to you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. All right. I'm going to take you around. We're going to show you the next five that are left. I'm going to zoom around the other way because I can't reach them from that side of the kitchen. And here we go. So, pink has already gone. Let's see here. This is orange. I don't think orange has gone. Nope. Oh, I need the clicker. Sorry. There's our training board here. All right. All right. I get a click first. All right. There he goes. I confused him because I put him down and then picked him back up, but he's going to figure it out. The food's right there. He's. He's trying to go through here because this morning he went through this side. This morning he went that way. So he's got to figure out how do I get to the food. And there he goes. He's found the path to the food. And he's in. That's orange. Okay. 
So, here we go. Here's the next one. This one's black. And I'm gonna click. Try to click where the food is. Yep, there you go. He figured it out. Went straight to it. He's gonna put his head in it. He's like, he smells food everywhere. And that's, there you go, dived into it. Next one is purple. Purple here. Okay, purple, she's trying to figure it out again. That was the way to it yet this morning. She's got to figure out how do I get to it now. And there, problem solved. All right, that's purple. There she goes. Let me see who's next. Light blue. This is light blue. Put them down, click them. Sorry, I trying to, yep, he went straight to it. He's just got to figure out how to get in the bowl. <clears throat> uh, the best way to get in the bowl is to climb over another pup. <laughs> and the last one, <coughs> excuse me, is... Let me see, there's one left. Lilac. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me find lilac. There's lilac, sleeping on the job. All right. Lilac and so it was purple, lilac, light blue, orange, and black, right? Orange, white, blue, black, and then it must be purple and lilac. Yeah, yeah. everybody else should have already had it. Okay, Lilac. Lilac was asleep. <laughs> you can tell. She's still trying to wake up. So yeah, just like uh, about Europe, candies also. Candy I actually imported from Europe. These guys Melissa had imported the parents. So a lot of times in Europe, because it's smaller, right? The countries are about the size of individual states here. It's easier to regulate things a little bit more. I can't believe they're eating those little tiny chunks. That's the cutest thing. Yeah. Um, it's easier to, to regulate. So, um, you know, for I know German shepherds, you know, you need to have stuff before you can breed and say that they're German shepherds. I think mouths are the same. So that's people like to import. Um, just health-wise, it's better, supposedly. We'll see. These guys all have teeth. Don't be concerned if they're, they leave chunks in here. That's okay. I'll send mom in to clean up the bowl. Mm. Oh, she's good at that. 
Um, <laughs> but they do have teeth, and it's time to introduce the softened chunks to them. Yeah. Um, because they need to learn how to use those teeth on the food, not on our fingers. <laughs> so, yeah, it exercises them. Yeah, and not on toys and other things. It has to be used for the food. Um, and the next week, uh, well, the next, I think by this weekend, I'm going to be actually putting spare rib. They're gonna, you're going to see these guys uh, chew on raw meat, raw huh? Meat. Yeah. So, not cooked raw. Yes, so, if you want to give your dogs meat and bones and stuff, you make sure that it's raw, not cooked. And yes, puppies and dogs can have raw meat. They do not have to have cooked. And they can have bones. One of the ways that we clean dog's teeth, not puppy teeth, but dog's teeth, is chicken leg bones. Yep. And I've had people tell me about how chicken leg bones are good, and chicken leg bones are the devil, and these are good, and that is good. Weight-bearing bones, which is the leg bones, leg and thigh, are usually the best. Yeah. Um, we've done backs before. We've done necks before. I'm pretty sure we did pink. Let her out if she wants to eat some more. Oh, you could open up the door and let them all come running out. Come on, guys. Who wants to come eat? Look how fast she is now. Not fat. How fast? Yeah, look at that little chunk of monka belly. Maybe we didn't. The way she was fussing, but her belly's big. I thought for sure we did pink. We need a little checklist. Yeah. I don't know. She's eating up a storm here. Did I put somebody in there that already ate? <laughs> oh, wait. Now she's walking around. Now she's going to come back. Yep. The door's open. It's free for all. Whoever wants to help clean up the bowl. They're too drunk to go over the... Their bellies are too big. <laughs> she, she went over that, didn't she? Did I pick her up? Or you picked her, her up and put her down, and then you opened up the door? Yeah. Should make her go over. <laughs> she wanted it that bad. She needed to work for it. So pink's a little bit of a chunk, too. Pink and orange, that one's orange, that one's pink, are the two darkest ones. So this is where I don't use the term too much of English cream is because Seth is pretty white. Um, Lucy and Gypsy are about the same coloring, actually. We were getting them confused today. Yeah, and then Ginger's darker, but she's not one of those dark red ones that you'll see for Goldens that look more like Irish setters, but she is darker. So that's the barrier challenge. Uh, this is the second step in the barrier challenge. Like I said, it was like, uh, if you want to 1.0, 1.5, 2.0, 2.5, you know, I mean, whatever. And then tomorrow we'll do a stage three on the barrier challenge or whatever. Awesome. Three A, three B. Um, basically, you're making it the puzzle a little bit more difficult each time. Right. Um, and that's how we train. In small pieces, a little bit more difficulty. You add a little bit more, and this is, helps them think. We're establishing the how to learn. How to learn. Yeah. So. genetic people no he's dominant which one is it on top that is aqua no it's dominance 
Aqua is... It's a play style. No. <laughs> it is. Aqua's a girl, guys. Yeah, Aqua's a girl. It's just play. It's not it's that play, they're right? trying to hump each other. Yeah, and... people think it's uh, dominance or whatever. It's just... It's a play style. Who's screaming? Well, somebody's biting Green's ear. Uh, light brown or tan is biting Green's ear. And Green is trying to tell White brown that hurts. Yeah, don't do that. This communication, you have to let that happen. You, and but green, tell the other one that that hurts. Yeah, you can't interrupt all the time. All right. Mama doesn't. Well, Mama's outside right now. So um, that's part of the. You can't rescue them all the time. Then green won't learn when to stop or how to. Or and brown won't learn how to tell other pe dogs to stop. So. So Pink wants me. Pink loves me. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to get to the bowl, but she can't get her chunk moved. Yeah. Looks like Black is doing the circle of cleaning the bowl. <laughs> right? Yeah. When he doesn't get on him, he'll get on his belly for later. Yeah. So do you guys have any questions for us? We talked over an hour. You got to see puppy video because I'm here. I'm, I'm usually not here Tuesday nights. So this is the first puppy video if you're not following Hope Service Dogs, maybe. Let me know if you have any questions, because we're going to sign off whenever the puppies are done. Mm -hmm. They are. So am I. falling asleep right there. Yeah, so I like to fall asleep right outside the bowl. Or in the but bowl. But yeah, so in the bowl works too. Over the bowl. Yeah. Over the bowl. <laughs> cool off the full belly. <laughs> Halfway in and out of the kitchen, light blue. There, light blue is the biggest male. Yeah. Yeah, we weighed. He was over six pounds today. Yeah, over six pounds. So we have him pegged for that mobility dog, possibly. Hopefully, you know, if things go well with everything. Right now, we like his temperament. We like what he's doing. We like a lot of them. Mm -hmm. We like all of them, actually. No, 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 uh, no weirdos in the group. No weirdos in the group. You know, Pink can be a little bit vocal, but that's fine. She's She'll tell you what for. Yeah. So now, uh, Purple is doing the same thing Brown was doing to Green. So. Must be the time. Chewing <laughs> on Brown's ear, and Brown was telling Purple to stop. I wonder if they need a bath. Oh, they need a bath. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to bathe them. They don't go in the crates until around midnight. Oh, gosh. Because remember, they only last about five hours without having to potty. And we don't want them to get the habit of pottying in the crates. So they'll sleep for five hours. And then we want to get them up and get them to a potty area, not pottying in the crates because they woke up before we did. Yeah. So, so it's about routine. Look at that one doing a little pedestal. Mm -hmm. Which one's that one? That is. Aqua, you go, girl. That's it. I'm leaving that. I'm cleaning that and leaving it in there. Oh, my God. And she just fell. Yeah. And slid. Yeah. And she's confused. <laughs> I'm upside down. <laughs> she's upside down and bended, turned, and oh, my gosh. She'll write herself. But, yeah, they, they really 
I love the fact that they're using that as a pedestal and they're just kind of hanging out on it. Yeah. And that's going to be a lot of their training, the ones that we keep. Oh, it'll help them get strong hips. That'll yeah. help them with grooming. It'll help them with taking hold. Build their core. Yep. Yeah. It's so hot outside now that that's all I've been doing for taking hold is putting them up on the pedestal and doing it. Yeah. They, it's they been they nice. They do. Yeah, they do. Okay, guys. So I'm going to sign off. I will talk to you later. Uh, don't forget dreamk9.com, hopeservicedogs.org, a Facebook, Instagram podcast. Uh, Nepo Post Service Dog Training with Victoria Warfel. Okay, talk to y'all later.